Before I get started on today's Morecast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block. Um, look, we all enjoy wine, I think. All of you who listen to this and are fans of the Morecast will know that I enjoy wine, and I enjoy Blanchard Family Wines. It's one of my favorite places to go in Denver. It's a fantastic atmosphere. It's a fantastic location right in the middle of the dairy block. So if you are out, say, having dinner at uh, any of the fine establishments in lower downtown, drift on over right to the dairy block, and right in the middle is Blanchard Family Wines for a great nightcap. Reds, whites, Rieslings, uh, Pinot is where they specialize from their own vineyards in Sonoma County, California. They also have a partnership with a Western Slope wine that specializes in Rieslings. I'm not a big fan of Rieslings, but I was a really, really enjoyed that. Uh, one of my favorite places to go in Denver. A knowledgeable staff, a great atmosphere inside, very comfortable atmosphere. I was there a couple weeks ago with a friend, another convert to Blanchard Family Wines. Uh, they are going to be going there consistently like I am. Once again, they are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. They are located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um... I'm, could do, I don't normally do a back-to-back podcast. I, I tend to avoid that uh, because, you know, I'm not a daily, and there are other, there's a zillion other Nuggets-based podcasts out there that are daily, um, and you don't need that from CSG. You know that what we specialize in, but I had to do a podcast after that game. Uh, the Nuggets, uh, you know, if anyone listened to my trade podcast yesterday, you I talked about how shorthand they were and uh, how disadvantaged they were going into their game uh, last night against Utah. Um, and it would have been surprising to anyone, everyone if they won. Well, they surprised everyone, particularly Nikola Jokic, who just came in and did his work. That was an amazing, amazing performance from Nikola Jokic. Uh, came out loose and scored 30 points grabbed 21 rebounds, and had 10 assists. And I think, and I'm fairly certain that he had about two or three assists that should have been accredited, accredited to him that weren't uh, by the Utah scorekeeper. It was, uh, it was that dominant. And uh, it was an incredible, incredible performance, mostly because the Nuggets were, only had seven players. You know, I, as you know, anyone who's been watching this podcast will know that I've been watching the Nuggets since 1987. And that is the single one of the single most impressive regular season games I've ever seen. Um, I don't think I don't think I've ever seen a team with that was playing with a guy Vlako Chanchar, who uh, has got into a handful of games this year, and only at the end plays backup center, and he is six foot six. Um, but they are playing against a fully healthy. Utah Jazz team that is that was at the time fourth place in the West uh, at home on a second night of a back-to-back. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, obviously, lots of Nuggets players were traded, and going in, Will Barton uh, was out with injury, and so was Jeremy Grant. The, uh, the chips were stacked against them in a way that I have never seen. And this team went in there and just balled out. Um, they were down for most of the game. 
and they really didn't start pulling, reeling the Jazz in until the fourth quarter. Um, and that's a sign, actually, that Utah was confident for most of the game. They opened up a 15-point lead in the third quarter. But um, there was a couple moments, and there was a couple Jamal Murray threes that I, I saw, particularly when the Nuggets were down by 12. Um, he, Jamal hit a three, and you can throw out all the stats that you want. Um, analytics had nothing to do with this game. When that shot went in, I could see the doubt on Utah's faces immediately. And that was when I knew, oh, they have a shot here. And they were down 12, so that took it to 9. Um, that was a moment where I'm like, oh, they're getting tense now. And there's, there's just those little things like that. And obviously, coming from another game where Utah was expected to win, uh, and that was last week uh, when they played Utah and Denver, and the Nuggets exploded in the third quarter and, and really put the kibosh on the, on the uh, Utah Jazz. Well, this game was different. This one has a, there's no way the Nuggets should have even been in the game. And that moment, that moment of Jamal Murray hitting that three, who, by the way, he himself is having, a, it's like, had 31 points. And I wouldn't be surprised if his ankle was still the size of a balloon because uh, he, guys, he's really hurting still. Um, and he went out there and gutted out 31 points. You know, you have to drag Jamal away from the basketball court, you know, using heavy farm equipment, basically, because that's the kind of guy he is. He wants to be out there all the time. And Jokic, in a, in a, in a performance that I would say was one of the single most, right up there with uh, the Kevin Mutombo's quadruple double, as one of the more amazing performances I've ever seen. Uh, obviously, I saw Alex English's 51-point explosion when he was 36 years old. Um, there are just little things like that. They're, they're almost 37. There are little things like that that you look back and you think, that was there at that moment. And I almost didn't watch the game because I was like, oh, they're going to lose it. And then something made me do it. And really kind of bringing this all back into some context isn't that why we are all fans? It's not necessarily for the for the the coronation. It's for moments like this. Moments like this where you can watch a Nuggets team come from impossible circumstances and win when they're not supposed to. That is why I love the 1994 Nuggets so much. I think anyone who watched that game last night will understand why I am so, particularly since most of you who are listening to this podcast were not live, or at least can't remember when that playoff series in 94 happened. Why, if you take a microcosm of this game, which is really what that is, is a microcosm of that, and extrapolate it out into a series, uh, that's how I felt in 94. And it forever attached me to that game. There are people who are going to be forever attached to the Nuggets, because they witnessed, those who could witness, those who have DirecTV or watched on illegal streams, witnessed the Nuggets pull off something absolutely miraculous. Um, it's not on the level of a playoff series, but it is one of those regular season def defining moments. And this Nuggets team really, through the course of January, against a brutal schedule, just an absolutely 
just mind-bogglingly bad schedule that the NBA threw at them has persevered and thrived in a way that I don't think anyone was really expecting them to do based on the way they started the year. And it is absolutely amazing to see this team just continue to face adversity and plow through, plow through. A lot of that has to do with Nuggets GM Tim Connolly and the way he perplexes these personalities in the locker room. It is, you have to know what you're doing. You have to, and, and, and in this case of this Nuggets team, and I've said this probably before on this podcast, but it's worth reiterating that this Nuggets team takes on the personality, not of Michael Malone, but of Tim Connolly. Um, Tim Connolly has really done a tremendous job of shaping the personality of this locker room and allowing Michael Malone to come in and put his organizational aspect into this team. And what I did notice was there was another change, just like uh, last week when they beat the, uh, the, the Jazz and the Bucks in back-to-back nights, the... The vibe of this was that, and they kind of even admitted it. There was no, there was, there wasn't a lot of set play calls. There was just play loose, play free, and that's what the Nuggets did. And they weathered a Utah team that fully expected that to win. And considering the Nuggets haven't won in Utah since 2014, it was absolutely stunning, stunning, stunning to watch this game. And kudos to Michael Malone for knowing when to let you know, kind of ratchet back and understand that he couldn't dictate this game. This game had a flow of its own, and it had to be completely dictated by the seven players that were playing out there. And the team responded in a way that, you know, is a tribute to Michael Malone. I know I get accused of being too hard on him, but honestly, I expect a lot of this roster, so therefore I expect a lot of Michael Malone. And he'll get criticism when he deserves criticism. But right now, he deserves praise for understanding that all the team needed was freedom to be free. And you heard that in the players' quotes after the game. And you saw that in after, you know, Malone and, and, and uh, you know, um, Rob Perez had a uh, the video of Jokic's game-winning shot. And... He was absolutely right, and sometimes, you know, Wob gets a little on the cartoonish side, um, but he absolutely captured what Nikola Jokic was doing in that moment. He took a, the most casual fuck-you dribble I've ever seen, turned around, and lobbed in a tremendous shot. Just, just in Rudy Gobert's face, which was like, a, a, that's kind of a, super, a sign of a superstar, but him casually, and it was, when I say casual, that was the most casual dribble I've ever seen. It was a, oh, okay. And he casually turns around and shoots the shot on one, one leg. It was, it was just, uh, Perez had it. And if you uh, go to uh, World Wide Wob, um, just go look at that video. And his description of it was absolutely perfect. And really, it was a sign of the superstar status of, Nikola Jokic, and cannot wait until the emergence, continued emergence of Michael Porter Jr. to see where this team goes. Look, this trade that the Nuggets made yesterday wasn't my favorite. I don't, I think it was a get rid of surplus trade. Um, And that's, hey, 
you know, it's, sometimes that happens. I don't think they got better from the trade, but I do think that it freed people up. It freed the locker room. And I think that part is probably something I underrated myself when talking about that. Because that Nuggets team was extremely free, despite having seven only seven dressed players. That Nuggets team was extremely free and connected. And you saw the picture that they took on the plane after the game. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. One of the most stunning victories uh, I've ever seen as a Nuggets fan. And I'm... I'm and, and, it, it, as you can hear right now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not finding the words, but tremendous stick to and a tremendous familial feeling from that game. Jokic, uh, after the Nuggets uh, won the game, you, you saw the emotion on Jokic, and, I, and I, those of you who actually were able to see it and uh, saw Katie Wingy talking to Nikola Jokic, when she was first talking to him, he was almost emotional. He lost his, you know, it was his friend, Juancho Hernan Gomez, is one of his best friends, was traded. Um, and that's got to be hard for any player. But he stuck through it, came through, and, and put in a performance of the ages, considering this, both the circumstances and the result. Um, it was fantastic. I'm, 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 it made me more positive for the rest of the year. And made me respect Michael Malone just a little more, and it really made me respect Tim Connolly. Uh, that man knew and knows his locker room, and he knows the players that he puts in this locker room. And the way he has reshaped this team from 2014 is tremendous, and uh, that man deserves all the praise that he gets 100%. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. Uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Uh, like I said, I'm bringing on some new partners into this CSG experience. And also, get ready for the reemergence of an old friend on this podcast. Um, someone who uh, you all know and love. I'll leave it at that. And it's going to be for some unique podcast experiences that's nothing like you've been hearing. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be talking to you later. Goodbye.